Good morning, church. If it's your first morning with us, welcome to church. And it's a great day to be alive. Okay. Io, who has tonsillitis, thinks it's a great day to be alive. And uh, we had two, the two things about tonsillitis this week. But I'll tell you something, you did amazing. It's a great day to be alive. Okay, right, we're getting there. Now, I like want to like, raise this roof a little bit more. It's a great day to be alive. Hey, yeah, there we go. It's Vision Sunday. You know, Vision Sunday is a, a, a day that we put aside where we express our heart to the house and our heart for the house and our finances. Dave, you will not believe this. That passage of the Macedonia church, uh, for about the last 48 hours, I've been going over it and over it because I couldn't get it out of my spirit, but I felt like it wasn't to go in my word. And you will see at the end of my notes on just a one random piece of paper are those verses. So God speaking. And I remember Dave and Kathy coming to church. And it's funny you should say this. And it was about his third weekend. And I remember speaking on finance because Kathy messaged me and said, oh, wow, I can't believe you spoke on finance today because actually that's an area that my husband feels uncomfortable sitting in church with. <laughs> and there he is doing the vision of him. But that shows what happens when God gets your heart, doesn't it, Dave? And so I'm so oh, like blown away when I hear you speak because I just see God's got your heart. Uh, and that's amazing. So uh, listen, just say hello to somebody next to you. Now, I know when we do this, it's always slightly dangerous because... People go on a lap around the church and trek around the church to speak to people, and then I can't get anyone back in the seats. So let's just do it around. Just say hello, because you know something? We're family. Does anyone else agree with that? We're family. This church means the world to me yeah, as a family. Yeah. I was watching Troop in the Cully yesterday because, does anybody know I love the Queen? I, like, love her, <laughs> like, to the point where the kids are like, Mum? Like, yeah. calm down. <laughs> so I am there with a bacon sandwich yesterday morning in my pajamas, Charlotte under my arm, because I just tell her she's Princess Charlotte, so she will watch it with me. She's the only one that will watch things like this with me. So Charlotte is in my arm, and I'm watching Troop in the Colours. And then, um, is it the, gr I'll get this wrong, actually. Grenadier Guards, yeah, okay. And Prince Andrew was talking because he's like commanding chief. I don't really understand all the titles, so bear with me, but I love the queen. Uh, and he's talking and he says this. He talks about all the different troops and all the different roles that they play. And he said this, he said, that well, they are many different people. He said, but we are all of one company. And the minute he said it, I was like, that isn't that the church? We are all of one company. And he said this, that this company that we all belong to, we uphold the monarch. Do you know we are all of one company, church? And we uphold the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is what the church is here to do. The church is here by meeting people's needs and loving on people. The church is here to make him famous. Okay, so if there's any ideas that by being in a church and we work our way up the ladder so that we're famous, I'm just about to like drop a bomb in the midst of it all and say, that doesn't happen, okay? Because we are here to uphold the monarch. <laughs> we are a company of one. Excellent. We are of one company. <laughs> I've just realized I said it the wrong way around. Prince Andrew didn't get it wrong. We are of one company who uphold the monarch. And our monarch is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, creator God, saviour of the world, that's who he is. And you know, 
I spoke a couple of weeks ago about who we are. It was an offering talk, and where have we come from? And I, I'm just going to touch on, on that at the beginning of today, because 45 years ago, there was an instruction from God come to a couple called Dennis and Tina Cooper. And the instruction was this, build my house, was what God said. Build my house. Now, I don't know whether you just think churches come because they're a good people, have had a good idea, some of them do. But I want you to know today with all certainty that this church does not exist because it was a good idea. It's come because it's God's idea. That's why this church has been able to stand what it stood through because it's God's idea. And God spoke this church into being. And when I, I thought about this the other week and I was thinking about you know, the creation of the wor- world and it, it says like how he spoke and there was light. He spoke and there was, and he spoke. And when we walk throughout creation, we see the mountains and we see all these things and we feel the wind and he spoke and it happened. Hope Church is here because he spoke it into being and it happened and we are who we are today. This church is God's plan. It's God's idea. You know something after the, I'm going to read the scripture shortly that God gave to Dennis and Tina and majority of you will know that Tina is here with us because she was the one who passed this over to me and Barry and you will, Dennis is at home with the Lord and is having the time of his life. We know that for sure but I know for a fact because God spoke this church into being and as a couple they were faithful to the call even at times when it cost them greatly that when he entered the gates there was a well done good and faithful servant and I want to be somebody that builds this church through the next phase to be a faithful servant and a good steward of the word that was given to build this house Um, you know not long into this this um word coming from God to Dennis and Tina who just happened to be my parents I was the youngest of a tribe of children and everybody else who lived with us as well it was quite um an unusual house but but it was a wonderful house um and in the midst of this word coming and then receiving this word from God and saying that they would do it Dennis was out of the blue struck down with an illness And he was given two days to live when they found out what was wrong with him. He had pancreatic cancer with secondaries. They had a very young family. I was only five at the time. And that came and it rocked them. Or it could have rocked them. I shouldn't have said rocked them because it didn't. Of course it was a shock. But they knew God was greater. And they knew that no matter what, God had spoken this word into being this work into being and they'd bought a building it was a house that we were going to move into but it was going to have a meeting room in it for the church this building was derelict and within a couple of months of buying this house this house had been given to Tina in a dream so she knew it was the right house to buy it was derelict it had death watch beetle had everything like that in it three months later Dennis is struck down with cancer and given two days to live people went to her and said I can't tell this story as well as she can, so one day have coffee with her because it's an astounding story, but you need more time than what I can give it. And people would say to her, out of the goodness of the heart, Tina, sell the house. 
you need to sell the house. She'd got a house. She'd got a bridging loan for the derelict house. Her husband's dying. She's got all those children. She's foster children. And she said, if I have to live in the rubble with my children, I will. Because God said. And God spoke this work into being. And so here's the thing. We've got a man who is leading this church and he's given two days to live. But God gave him seven years. And in those seven years, this church flourished. This church was burst in all its fullness and this church flourished. And then after seven years, I was 12 at the time, he died and he went home to be with the Lord. And he was just a rock to so many people, not just to our family, but to this church. But I want to tell you how significant this church is to God because not even death could bring it down. Not even death could derail this church. Not even, my mom was a quite a quiet lady at the time, and so dad was very at the forefront of things, and, and, but not even death. I remember walking out the graveyard, and I was 12 years old, and I had my sister next to me, and somebody coming to me from the congregation and saying to me, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How will we cope without him? And I remember me and my sister, as young as we were, saying this, we will, because God will bring us through. Because we knew without a shadow of a doubt, even in our young years, that this church was the church of God. That this church was his idea. And I hope that I am inspiring you today that if you've been a spectator in this house, that you will get involved and you will see that this is a work of God, not a work of man. Not even death could bring this church down. Cancer could not bring this church down. And when my dad died for a year, the church was left without a pastor because my mom historically believed that women should be seen and not heard. Didn't really happen for me, that, but... (laughs) Hey, listen, it didn't happen to me because I know Jesus. You know, I mean, I can't keep my mouth shut once I know Jesus. But, but my mum was looking to men around her because she wasn't up front. She didn't do things up front. And is it you? Are you the next pastor? The people in the leadership team, is it you? And they're all saying, it's not me. And she rang the missionary because it's not just this church. We have churches t- today. Many churches over in the Philippines have come out of this work, over in Romania and in other areas. And she rang one of our missionaries in the Philippines. She was like, is it you? And he's like, Tina, it's not me. And then a year on, God spoke to her. And I'm not going to go into it, which she can tell you, but he spoke to her out of the word and he said something along the lines of, why do you think I put the vision in you? Because my dad was the forefront and they ran together with it. It wasn't just him, they ran together, but my mum was behind the scenes. But in that moment, she remembered the moment that God had put the vision for the house, the church, into her because this church could not be derailed by death god put the vision in a place that it could go beyond death god put the vision in a place so that it could go beyond death had it been the other way round and my mum had gone first the vision would have gone with death. My dad was running with something, but the vision had been birthed in her. So God secured the vision. He put it in a place that he knew this church cannot die with death. This church goes beyond death. And then my mom courageously stood up and said, I am the pastor. God's told me I'm the pastor. And she was way out of her comfort zone. But she has led this church strong 
with an army of people who could see that this church was always God's idea. So death did not derail it, cancer did not derail it, having no pastor for a year didn't derail it. Why? Because it's his church and it had to continue. People who swooped in and thought, oh, this would be a grand thing, let me be the pastor. God was like, I don't think so. Because anybody who leads his house needs to have humility because actually it's my house. That's what God's saying, not me like my, as if I'm God. (laughs) Anyone who's been trying to build their own empire through this church has been moved on. God's moved them on. Anyone who has tried to make it their church has been moved on. Anyone who's tried to make it about them in any way, shape, or form, has been moved on. Anyone trying to hurt this church has been moved on. Anyone trying to gossip about this church has been moved on. Why? Because it's God's church. And he said, I'm building my church. So I'm not going to allow people to come and make it into them. I'm not going to allow people to come and derail it because I'm building my church. And I'm not going to let negativity and the things from the enemy come against my church and succeed. Because this church is God's church. Do you know there was a building that my mum went for? My mum has a thing about going for derelict buildings. This church came on the market, not this church, another one that we owned. And it was derelict, just like the farmhouse that she got. And she's obviously a widow on her own, but she's strong in the Lord. And so she went for this building. She put an offer in, and we were beat by the Muslims. And the Muslims got the property. And so... On the day the Muslims were due to complete, sign the contract, they never turned up. And so the solicitor then rang mum back, who we'd spoke two months previously, and said, they've not turned up. Do you want the church? She said, I do, but I'm not paying as much as I said I would. (laughs) It's God's church. It's God's church. And we got that church building for significantly less than we should have done. And then do you know what happened? Like, this is taking longer than expected, but I know it's important that we know this. There was a lady in our congregation, she was a younger lady, and she died. And she lived on her own, and nobody knew she died, first of all. People just knew that Audrey wasn't around, and eventually she was found in a home, and she died. She was probably about 40. Anyway, nothing nothing was thought of it, and then mum gets a phone call from the solicitors, because in her will... She had left the house to the church so that it could be sold for the mortgage to be cleared. That's my God. He's the God of the provision. He's the God of the abundance because it's his church. He's given us this building and the building outside. He's given us land. He's given us all these things. Nothing and no one can stop this church. We are a force to be reckoned with. We are a force to be reckoned with because we are moving in sync with each other to uphold the monarch, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is his church. This is what Vision Sunday is all about because it's when we get to partner on another level with God and say, God, I'm going to build this house to a whole other level. I'm going to invest into this place because it's your church. God spoke this church into existence and into being. Does anybody feel encouraged? Because I already knew the story, and I'm buzzing. Like, I'm feeling more encouraged than I've ever been encouraged before, and I've I've grown up with the story. I'm going to read to you the verses that Tina and Dennis were given regarding starting this house, and I'm going to just break it down a little bit. And it's out of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 3 to 10. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. 
Why are you living in luxurious, or the version they were given was sealed houses, while my house lies in ruins? That speaks of a house that has been neglected. It speaks of a house that is making do. It speaks of a house that is getting by. But God says, this is my house. This is my house. Creator God, he's saying, this is my house. And then he's talking to the people almost as if they're having a bit of a scratchy head moment of like, I can't work out what's going on here. I can't work out what's going on. God's like saying to them, listen, I'm going to spell it out. Because how many know we all kind of need God to spell it out and go, you know what's going wrong? This is what's going wrong and you've missed it, right? So God has this kind of moment. He says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills and bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses. This bit talks about God saying, act, do what you can to build my house. Do what you can. And when that that this passage of scripture came at the beginning. I know my mum shares a story, you know, and she talks about where they were at. They had quite a nice, comfortable lifestyle. But then this burden came on them of, I've got to build a house. I've got to build a house. And at that moment, things had to change. And you know, we can build our lives and try to honor ourselves with what we have. When God is saying, if you do this, then I will be honored. I will be honored. And at that moment, the church captured the hearts of the founding pastors and the work began and nothing could stop it. That moment of instruction, build my house. And the shift started to happen from being a church like what is described there in Haggai to becoming a church that is described in Acts that we know So many times we've heard these verses. But when you see them in a comparison as to what God is talking about in Haggai, and then we read the verses in Acts, and you see the difference in the church. The one in Acts is a church after God's heart. The church that was talked about in Haggai was something that was making do and had been neglected. But Acts is a church after God's heart. Church isn't an event we do. That our life is central to us and everything that goes on and everything else. Well, it will just function depending on how well I function. God's saying, but would you honor me? Because I've given my son. I've blessed you with what you've got. Can you not trust me to bless you even more? Could this house have your heart? Because it's my house. It's not Barry and Vicky's house. It wasn't Tina and Dennis's house. It's not anybody else's house. It's my house. And God's saying, do you think there's any chance that this house could have your heart? Because as we honor God in this place, we honor him. And, And yeah, church is people. 
100% it's people. That's what the church is. Buildings and everything, they're a means to the people. And the vision that we have for this next year, it's a means to bring the people in. And it might sound really practical. You might go, oh, yeah, well, I'm not giving to that because that's not scripturally correct because actually the church that they're building, it's people. It is. But we're going to fill the building with the church as they walk through the doors. So let's have a look at the Acts. We've just heard Haggai. Let's listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2, starting in 42 to 47. All the believers devoted themselves. They bought in. They bought in with their hearts. They put a stake in the ground. They were like, I am devoted to this place. To the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, that's being together. To sharing in meals, that's being together. Sharing, giving, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. Can I pause there for a moment? I want this house to have a deep sense of awe at God's miracles, at God's power. So this deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together. All. We are of one company. They met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Everything was done together. This church, everybody bought in with their hearts. They were devoted. There was an emotional connection. There was a spiritual connection where they were like, I am not going to be the center of my world any longer. I am not going to be the center of my world any longer. I have bought in to this church, the church in Acts I'm talking about. as they shared their meals with great joy and generosity because it's already said that they were giving so that people didn't have a need people's needs were always met it said all the while hey here you go praising God all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people before the enjoyment came for them they were praising God they were praising God And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I'm in this. Barry's in this. You're in this. Well, I don't know you, but I'm assuming, I'm hoping you are in this for new Christians. For the kingdom of God to be populated. For people's lives to be transformed. But the church devoted themselves to the place. To the place. It was commitment and sacrifice. We had a speaker in a, a ladies' event a few weeks ago. She said, sometimes these words are a little bit, ooh, commitment and sacrifice, because it costs. She was like, they are the most two beautiful words. <coughs> commitment and sacrifice. They are beautiful and life-changing. Church, we are all of one company. Yeah. Upholding the monarch. Whatever comes out of this vision offering today, and you know something, we have said, said that we want to um, 
what's the word? Raise 20,000. I'm actually believing we're going to smash it like what Dave Bound said the other week. Because when we realize that what we do here is upholding the monarch, wow. (laughs) Wow. The monarch who became nothing and died on a cross for me. If this is your home, if Hope Church is your home, maybe you've walked through the doors and you're like, I like it here, I want this to be my home. You have the confidence of this. If death cannot take it down and cancer cannot take it down and being without a pastor for a church for a year can't take it down and other people coming in thinking, oh, I'd like to have a little bit of this and trying to take over, can't take it down, it's here to stay. It's here to stay. Nothing and no one can stop this church providing we stay on track with God. Providing we follow him and do what he's asking. A few weeks ago, this promise came to share with us the heart of what God feels for this church. He says, for I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. We are a force. Two years ago, a a man came from America, a very trustworthy man. So we know that what he said, you know, he heard from God and he gave us a prophetic word, which then set in place a 10-year plan. We don't have time to share that today, but if you wanted to come and talk to us about it, we can. We're two years into it. We're two years into that 10-year plan. And the essence of it was is that Hope Church will be 1% of the population of Warrington. Okay, now year on year, the population of Warrington's growing, so you can't actually put a figure on it. Right. And you're like, well, well, why? Like, why do we need to have more people? Why do we need to grow? Because every number is a life. Yeah. And you know, when you didn't know Jesus, your life was a number that somebody was going out for. Yeah. And aren't you glad they did? Yeah. I'm so glad somebody went out for my number. <laughs> I'm so glad that maybe they didn't know my name, but they saw me as a number and they brought me in and I found Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, we are about building this church. So how will we accomplish it? We work with two things. We have a vision to make this church a place where people love to be. You would not believe how many people me and Barry speak to and they wouldn't darken the doorsteps of a church. Well, we just want to blow away the thoughts that people have about church and make this a place where people love to be. Because it's filled with, like Barry said, the presence of God because it's in us. It's in us and it's attractive. And why wouldn't people want to come and stay? Why wouldn't they? You know, look how far we've come, church, in the last two years. Two years into the 10-year plan. Look how far we've come. Look what the Lord has done. Because we're in the business of people and not ourselves. And Jesus is all about people. So our vision is to make the church a place where people love to be. And our mission is to present the church to a modern day world. Why should people walking off the street and feel like they've just stepped back 20 years and spend an hour and a half of their week in like the 1990s? God is relevant. His word never grows old. So we're preaching the word of God here and we want it to be a place where people can walk in and think this is somewhere I can be. It's somewhere I can relate to and they would find Jesus because we're in the business of people and Jesus is all about people. So our mission is to present this church to a modern day world. So here we are, 
the 9th of June, 2019. I believe this is a real significant day in the house. I believe it with everything that was within me. I was going over notes yesterday and I was sat in a public place while I was doing it. I got worship on in my ears and I, and I just had a moment where I just wanted to just throw my arms in the air. I was like, I might be forcibly removed if I do. But because I'm so full of what God is going to do with this house, even more than what he's already done, me and Barry are so passionate to build this house. We're so passionate we're not saying this to big ourselves up. We've given everything to build the house, not to build us, but to build this house because God spoke it into being. And God in his, I would like, I don't know at the time, I thought it was madness, but God's not mad. So he knew what he was doing. He chose me and Barry. Maybe the unlikeliest of couples to step in and say, we'll lead the church, God, to wherever you want it to go. We'll lead it because the vision couldn't die with death. The vision had to be planted in a secure place to be passed on and then from us to be passed on. We're making the church a place where people love to be. And today, the 9th of June, 2019, is the call for now. So we are raising in excess of £20,000. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. You know something? When this amount comes in, when this figure comes in, do you know what we'll all say? To God be the glory. Because anything we're giving out of is because he's given it. And we know that he multiplies and he multiplies out of our faithfulness and obedience. So what is this 20,000? I'm going to say in excess of 20,000 because that's faith and I have faith and I believe we are a generous church. I do 100% believe, Barry has spoken about it many times, we are a generous church. Otherwise, we wouldn't have come this far. If it had been left down to us, not having the spirit of God within us to bring us alive and bring generosity into our hearts, would have died out. But it's his church. And when we plant ourselves here, we buy into the vision and we say yes. And our hearts change like Dave's did. And Dave has a generous heart, just like the church in Acts did. So with the 20,000, we're going to renovate the kids' building. Because neither me or Barry want our kids and our young people to have to go to the world to look for anything. No. We don't want them to reach the age of 16 and go, nah, I can get better out there. So as a company of people, of one company, we are going to transform that kid's building with the money. Emma says this, it's got to be the best hour of their week. So there's nowhere else they'd want to be. And so, yeah, it's a building. And we're building the church that's people. But that building out there, that's going to be the house of God for the children and young people of Hope Church. And we are going to build that church. And then what else we're going to do with it? Because at the moment, you see, we're presenting the church to a modern day world and we're behind some very old bricks that look like there's not much life inside it. So we're going to do something to the front of the building. That's the first phase of the building work that's going to be done. 
And we're going to make, we're going to give it a facelift outside. We're looking at painting it. We're looking at the, the outside of this door where there's the rooms, knocking all that through, making a beautiful cafe area where we can start to invite the community in during the week. We can start to run cap money courses for people in debt. We can start to reach out because we're in the business of. And Jesus is about. So this 20,000 is not just a figure. It's not just, oh, what do they want to raise 20,000 for? We're raising 20,000 to make this place a people where, a place where people will love to be. And a place that is presented well to a modern day world. The kids building is going to be transformed and with it, we're going to start the first phase of the building work, which is going to be to sort the front of the building out. It's going to look beautiful. People are going to drive past it and they're going to want to come in because they're going to be like, what's going on in there? Because what's within is suddenly going to be reflected out there. And then we're going to make something so that we can have a cafe area where we can bring the community in, the community and beyond. We can start to reach needs because this is going to be a place, it already has been, but through our vision offering, this is going to be a place where the broken will be whole and the bound will be free. And the ones that don't know Jesus will find Jesus. This is going to be a place full of life more than we've ever seen before. Proverbs chapter 11 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. You saw that with the Acts church. It gets larger and larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That's what happened in Haggai. I don't want to be a Haggai church. I want to be an Acts church. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Acts, church, there was enough there so that no one was in need. Nobody. Those that gave weren't in need. Those that came in weren't in need. There was always enough. Isaiah 32, verse 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous. Generous people plan to do what is generous. So this vision offering, we are a generous people planning to do what is generous. This is a plan. We've planned this. We're planning to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. They stand firm in their generosity. It's our turn. It's our turn. It's our time. Build it and they will come. Not even death could derail this church. It's his church. Turn your eyes to the screen.